0: Are starting a new sermon series. Um, it's Advent, which uh, I did not grow up with Advent as a thing. Right? Like, Advent, like, first thing I immediately thought of when I heard that word Advent at first was Adventist, like, seven, it's like, oh, that's what that is. Like, nope, it's not. Um, I had to learn that it was different. Advent. Um, literally translates into anticipation. It is the time of the year in the church where we remember what the children of Israel were anticipating in the coming Messiah. So, Advent is that, and every year after Thanksgiving, we begin this Advent season. So, uh, CJ asked me the in the car, it was like, when do you feel like it's appropriate to, to start playing Christmas music? <laughs> oh, because some of us, like we we pull, we start breaking it out October 15th. <laughs> uh, so that, like, depending upon what mood I'm in, I could play Christmas music in June. But when I want to hear it in the store, oh, <laughs> I don't want to hear it till after Thanksgiving. <laughs> so, it's during this Advent season. I'm hearing to celebrate the coming of Jesus but also we hold intention as believers who are waiting for his return we are kind of always in our own advent in anticipation of the lord's return well i love to point to the historic advent but also kind of build that into our current anticipation That's that beautiful thing that we are people who exist in the what is and what is to come. That is what it is to be a Christ follower, is always to be living in what's going on right now with a hopeful anticipation of what is coming. Uh, So there's no fancy. This week, the sermon is called Hope. It's a first theme of This uh, Advent season, hope, next week, love, then joy, and peace, and then finally, Christ. Uh, And uh, we'll be in um, two portions of scripture, um, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. I normally preach out of the New Living Translation, but there was something special about the message that I wanna actually read for us in that. And then Romans 15, chapter two through 13, or excuse me, uh, Romans chapter 15, verses two through 13 is where we'll be. Um, Do you have those slides? Sweet, okay, good. Um, So I wanna pray and then we'll jump in. God, thank you that you're here. We feel your presence, we experience your power. God, I believe some chains have already been broken this morning. I believe some people have already been set free this morning believe some people have already been healed and you are beginning to do work in lives, um, breaking up our monotony and giving us life in ways that we cannot imagine. And I thank you for it. Um, As we start this sermon series, may every single thing I say bring glory to your name and build up this body of believers in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, i put this picture in Because I heard it said this past week that we are Easter people. As Christians, we are Easter people. Which I was like, okay, I need you to break that down for me. (laughs) We, as people who are followers of Christ, post the resurrection, we live in this like constant state of resurrection. Like we are always reminding each other that Christ did something for us like the children of Israel always going back to God delivering them from Egyptian bondage they would constantly remind them like you know you feeling down on yourself well remember God broke the hand of Pharaoh (laughs) right like he broke the hand of Pharaoh if God can break the hand of Pharaoh and set us free from slavery God can do anything that's kind of how we are about resurrection remember Jesus got up from the grave That same power that that got Jesus up from the grave is the same power that's inside of you. That's something that we constantly remind each other of. But this is the time of year where I want to actually think about a different picture. Go to that next one for me. The gospel isn't primarily centered around the resurrection. I know I just messed some of y'all up primarily centered around the resurrection. Because if it was primarily centered around the resurrection, then when Jesus sent the disciples out to go preach, they wouldn't have anything to preach because Jesus hadn't died and rose yet. <laughs> the gospel is primarily centered around Jesus' coming and as Easter people, we always rep- point back to the resurrection because that was important. Jesus died for us, and the truth is that's the part that we can actually relate to. Like if someone asked you to give up the most important thing you can think of, it would be life. Like that's that's a part of why we keep pointing to that. Like it's this idea that I, that Jesus loved humanity so much that he gave his life. For us, and that love was something that was so incredibly powerful, and then empowered by the Holy Spirit, Jesus got up. Great, that's the part we relate to. But there's a part about the story of Jesus is coming that we cannot relate to, but that's actually the central part of the gospel story. It's that God, Creator of all things, submits to being a part of. This is a God that designed the stars in the sky, knows each and every one of them. Himself, humbled himself to being human. We did the spirit realm sermon series, so I can say this part. All the other gods have never done that, right? right. right. That so. If you're new here, we did this sermon series talking about the spirit realm and exposing the truth that Scripture doesn't try to hide the fact that there are other gods. Scripture just points to this is the God, the big G God, the only one worshiping worship and praise and adoration. And for all the other people who were worshiping gods at that time and today, No other God, period, has ever entered into human's experience. No one has ever made themselves a human to experience the pain, the temptation, the struggle that humans experience. That is one of the most exciting things about the gospel, but it's a part that we don't always relate to, and that's why I wanted us to go to Philippians. Philippians chapter 2 says this. I'm going to read from the message version. Think of yourselves the way Christ thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave became human. Don't need that, Mike? Okay. <laughs> okay. That's the most important part of the story of Christ coming. And I know we don't always celebrate it that way, but this God of all creation, I love saying it this way, who has seen, who looks at all of time at a glance, humbled himself to not being able to see more than six inches in front of his face. (laughs) That's my favorite thing when I think about Christmas, is this God who sits above everything was scrunched up in Mary's womb for nine months. This God that had never experienced pain scraped his knee as a two-year-old and felt like the world was ending. We don't remember that, but if you've ever been around a two year old that screams, like, the world has just ended, trust me. Like, just don't come back, Jesus, because my knee has been scraped. <laughs> this God that understands hunger feels hunger by fasting for 40 days. That is such an incredibly powerful witness of God's love for us. And so when we start thinking about Advent, I want us to start thinking in that vein. Not just let me get my house ready, let me get the tree going. Please do all of those things, that's awesome. But there's something about this humility that Christ came that is important for us to keep. So uh, in Advent, we think about hope, Love, joy, peace, and then Christ as I said before. But this year we're gonna do something a little bit unique. Um, The teaching team got together a a few weeks back and we're talking about how we can process Advent um, differently this year. Um, Kind of um, thinking about Advent different perspective and yeah. This is why we like the tech team. Y'all are amazing humans. Um, so we'll uh, be looking at all of the elements of Advent. We'll talk about all those themes, hope, love, joy, peace and Christ, but also bringing in some global perspective um, because we're not the only ones remembering that Jesus came. <laughs> there's a whole world of people remembering that Jesus came, and we tend to only look at that through the lens that we have. But there's some other things going on. So this week we get to uh, hear from some global influence from Jamaica, uh, and so because we actually have a member of our church family from Jamaica, so Gaynell, okay, I'm gonna have you, Gaynell, come up and. I'm gonna get her on the yellow mic. Oh no, those All right. Perfect. And I'm just let me just let you speak about um, Jamaica, but then also speak about hope from a Jamaican um, point of view.
1: All right, awesome. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everybody. Thank you. That's something that we do back home in Jamaica, Colin. Response. Um, So I have some notes here. It has been a while since I've lived in my country. (laughs) So um, on the screen, we have the Jamaican flag, black, green, and gold. Um, And so the quote that represents our flag is, the sun shineth, the land is green, and the people are strong and creative. It's the symbolism of the colors of our flag. Black depicts the strength and creativity of us as a people, um, even though I am black. We are actually multi-ethnic, multinational. um, And the gold represents the natural beauty of the sunlight and the wealth of the country, and green signifies hope and the agricultural resources. To the right of the screen, you'll see our national coat of arms. Those two people are depicting our indigenous people, the Te'enos, and all of the emblems in there, except for that, filigree looking situation <laughs> is, <laughs> is, <laughs> is depicting indigenous um, aspects of our culture. So the pineapples are the indigenous fruit of Jamaica. Um, the tainos, like I said, they are the indigenous people. The crocodile is the indigenous reptile of Jamaica. And then underneath that, um, those graphics, we have our national motto, out of many one people. We are, like I said, all different tribes and tongues. Um, Colonialism brought us together, but um, we continue to live and strive to uh, progress our nation and invest in our people beyond that event or events. Um, And one of the things I really appreciate about being a Jamaican is that In every aspect of our culture, we seek to honor those who have come before us um, and connect ourselves to our roots and also acknowledge the people that are presently there because we have like Chinese, Indians, obviously people from West Africa, you know, my complexion. Um, (laughs) But all of that being said, as a people, we are hopeful and even our national anthem is a prayer it says, um, eternal father, bless our land, guide us with thy mighty hand, keep us free from evil powers, be our light through countless hours. And so during the Advent season, um, we grew up, I grew up, um, we would give each of the different age groups poems that um, referenced Jesus's first coming and also beckoned his second coming. And throughout the entire year, all of the songs, even though some of the songs that we sing aren't necessarily Christmas songs, all of them reference to him coming again and that he has come before, he has taken on our flesh. Um, And we get not only to be like him, but be with him and just like the whole full circle of things that him being the second Adam and um, it's just a really joyous time for us. And it culminates at the end of the year when we have a worship service for like maybe two to three hours. (laughs) Lots of singing (laughs) Um, to herald in the new year, you know, a year that we've never seen before. A new year of the Lord, a new year to be with him, to be more like him and to experience his presence. Um, That so to go back a little bit that program with all of the poetry we also do plays and we depict mary joseph um, jesus's birth in our language and make it relevant to the youth so the youth team um, the youth pastor will actually put on a play with the input of the teenagers to make it really relevant to the present day Like Mary was a 13 year old, so that would be considered teenage pregnancy. And like just how scary that must have been for her. Like, imagine Jesus being born in this day and age, for example, and like. Your mom's not married, she's essentially a child. And like, what do you do with that? How do people look at her and depict her? And, you know, God had been silent for many, many years before Jesus came on Earth and what it would have been like for the Israelites to be looking towards Jesus coming, but also not hearing anything from God for an extended period of time. And so for us as Christians back home, this is kind of like that, except that we have the Holy Spirit living with us. We still get to hear God. We still get to experience him with the Holy Spirit, but we're still waiting. We're waiting expectantly. And we want to dance and sing like David dance with wild abandon because our hope is in Christ. And though he isn't here yet, I mean, he isn't here again yet. Um, we We recognize that Our praises and our worship to God is every single day. It's not just on Sunday. It's the way that we live, the way that we treat ourselves, the way that we talk to ourselves, the way we treat our family members, those we hate, those who hate us. All of it is an opportunity to be Christ in this world, to be that light until the true light, the one true light returns.
0: Thank you. Yes. I just knew you was—I knew you were going to just, like, start speaking Jamaican your language or something. I just I was ready. I was ready. (laughs) So that's where we are. It's in that season of Advent where we're starting to think about this hope. Um, So I want to read from Romans. Romans chapter 15, verse 2 says this, We should help others do what is right And build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. As the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promise to be fulfilled. May God, who gives this patience, And encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. I want to stop for a second um, because uh, one of the things that's in the Jamaican coat of arms um, that I didn't actually know until I started speaking about it with Gaynell um, is that um, line underneath out of many one people. um, Yeah, uh, that I absolutely love that. Out of many, one people. Like, it's okay for us to say, like, there's no nation on the planet that absolutely is Christian. So we're not saying Jamaican is a like, is a Christian nation. I'm not saying that. But that line is befitting of the kingdom of God in ways in which Um, we don't always talk about. And of course, here at Unison, that's that's not our coat of arms, and that's not something that I've ever said about us. But I love knowing that that's true of us. (laughs) I love knowing that that's true, that we get to be, out of many, one people. So when we read something in Romans that says, may God who gives this patience and encouragement help you live in complete harmony with each other, as fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. I think about that. Um. Then, all of you can join together with one voice. If I was doing an amplified version, I'd say in unison. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Giving, hey, see, you saw it, you saw it. Giving praise and glory to God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promise he made to their ancestors. He also came so that the Gentiles might give glory to God for his mercies to them. That is what the psalmist meant when he wrote, for this, I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing praises to your name. And in, other, in another place, Isaiah said, the heir to David's throne will come and he will rule over the Gentiles. They will place their hope on him. I pray that God, the source of hope, will, fi- will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I wanna, that's the that's that last verse we're going to read there. This portion of Scripture is literally dripping with this idea of hope. But it's this back-and-forth hope. It's this idea that hope is not just this anticipation of what we can't imagine, but maybe we'll see it. Like, no, our hope is God is a fulfiller of his promises. He fulfilled his promises to the Jews, so we'll know he'll fulfill his promises to us. Some of us already have that in our families. We have testimonies that have gone generation to generation. God was faithful to Big Mama, so he'll be faithful to me. God was faithful in my grandfather's life, and so God will be faithful in mine. God was faithful. Some of us are first-generation Christians. By some of us, that, that, that idea is unfathomable, but the first person in their family to follow Christ is them. They may not have that, but they have the people whom led them to Christ. God was faithful to them, so he'll be faithful with me. This is what the writer of Romans is doing. Paul is saying we almost carry this hope, not as though we absolutely have full knowledge that it's coming to pass. The confidence isn't in that we've seen it. The confidence is in that there is a faithful God who, when God says something, God does what he says. That's why I can have a confidence. That's why I can have hope. In Advent, we remember this hope, but let's be real. It's not just about the coming of Christ that we are hopeful. It's a whole recession. I know they ain't declared it yet, but it's a whole thing. (laughs) Y'all know because y'all was trying to get milk this week to make your cornbread, and it was like, man, $6.49. That is the most expensive cow. (laughs) What did they feed that thing? (laughs) (laughs) Some of us had smaller turkeys or just With those little hens, those, we just, Cornish hens. Like everybody shares a Cornish hen this year. There's a challenge. And that challenge doesn't just, it's not just for the world's economy. No, your bank account is less than it was this time last year, perhaps. Some of us have lost people in the last year or two or three. Some of us have experienced challenges over the last year. And yeah, we've got joys too. We're not going to pretend that there's not joy. That's what it is to live life on earth is this roller coaster of both. We have these ups and these downs, but it's all right for us to know. And it's not ungodly or unhopeful for us to acknowledge when we have seasons of more down than not. I got a few ups this year, and my downs are kind of like holding on at least percentage they're winning. It's tight. Yes, and during Advent, we start to think about hope. But more than just thinking of us as Easter people, we are people of hope. Regardless of the up and down and how long I'm in the down, there is a God who was faithful to Big Mama. There was a God who was faithful to my grandfather. There was a God who, when I had two years of down, he pulled me out of that. I've seen God move. That's the beauty of that song we sang today, right? I've seen you move. You've moved the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. That is, we are a people of hope. We can wait in anticipation, and even though we might be in a valley for a little while, a part of the hope is the, the knowledge that I'm not in that valley by myself. I don't see the full fulfillment of what I'm hoping for, but God is in this valley with me. And he don't want to stay out here too long. <laughs> listen, listen, if that's a piece of the beauty of this puzzle. God entered into our mess and continues to do so. That's the beauty of Jesus' coming. It's not, let me just come halfway. No, I came all the way into, felt all of the hunger and the pain. And look, God don't want to be in that too long. So if we are with him, we have this hopeful anticipation that we will also be with him in the resolution of that. This is the hope of Advent. Advent. Some of us have not heard clearly from God in a little while. That's okay. You might not have admitted that yet to somebody. Because if you say it out loud, they may question your relationship with God. The beauty of Advent is the people of Israel were living in what felt like silence from God for 400 years. But God broke in to say, I'm doing something new. The hopeful anticipation that you keep going to God with. Don't stop going to God just because you aren't hearing anything as clearly as you want, because there is a hopeful anticipation. Our whole faith is built on the hopeful anticipation that God will speak. And when he does, it's to say, son, daughter, I'm doing something different. I know you keep wanting me to talk about this back here, but I'm doing something different. You ready to go? Let's make it happen. This is the hopeful anticipation that we get to be in 366 days of the year on them leap years. We ain't going to skip that one. This is the hopeful anticipation of what it is to be a Christ follower. This is the hope that Paul is pointing to in Romans. So I talked about us decorating our houses. Some of you start to pull out the decorations, dust them off. Have wreaths that you might put on your front door. I want us this year to think about hope as our wreath. I want us to think about hope as our wreath. Let the door of my heart have hope on it so that when people interact with me, they experience this hope. That's all. it's It's not that deep. I'm not trying to change the way you see Christmas. I ain't trying to change the way you see hope. But if we are people of hope, may that be the first thing people see when they are in interaction with us. They can see your wreath from the street when they drive by your house. Can people see the hope of Christ in your life when they drive by? If they can't, let us make hope the wreath on our door this year. May people experience hope even before they interact with us, before they knock on the door, before we have any real interaction. May they see hope in our eyes this year. Yeah, they're going to probably say it's a recession, (laughs) but I have hope. And it's not in the turn of the economy. It's hope in the God that saw me through the last one. (laughs) It's the hope in the God that saw us through the last time we was in an economic turn. It's the hope that in the same God that even though all of these ingredients are more expensive than they were two years ago, we still ate. Praise God. (laughs) It's that kind of hope. And when people see that hope, trust me, there's a question mark in their head about these strange people who still have hope when the world feels like it's spiraling out of control. Why do they still have hope? Because God kept his promise to the Israelites. God kept his promise to the first century church. God kept his promise to big mama and to granddaddy. God kept his promise to my parents. God kept his promise to me. Ten years ago, God kept his promise to me five years ago. He's been faithful. And sometimes if all I can do is make sure that the first thought I have is, thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to give me breath on this morning. That is faithfulness enough to stir the hope that we have. So make hope the Christmas wreath on your door. That's it. Over the next few weeks. We traveling through this Advent, these themes, these global influences, also inspiring us to think about how God is moving in. But I also just want us for a moment to put back on hope if we have taken it off. For a moment. That song will come to the altar at any point. At any point, you can come to the altar. It's not something that you just have to wait for a really great song for. Sometimes hope has to be stirred by, cause I don't feel it. So sometimes I have to stir it with what I know. And sometimes what I know has to be carried out in my body even before it makes its way all the way into my heart. That's how this works. And so Ralph is jumping on the keys. He's just playing. And I need for some of us to let some hope stir inside of us. If you need to come for a moment, and just kneel for a second. We're not going to sing anything new. We're not going to do anything. But if you're feeling like you're hopeless take that wreath out dust it off we're people of hope Feel like we've been waiting for a long time. Far longer than we've expected. And my expectation was that when I asked, you would move. But I trust you. really wish you would give me answers if you could just make it super clear just say it and i'll do it and your silence causes discouragement but i trust you you faithful even when I'm exhausted. You are faithful when my faith isn't quite to wavering but it's absolutely disturbed. You are faithful with every place in my life where I have a question mark. God, you are placing periods. God, you are trustworthy. You are trustworthy. So wherever we are hopeless, today we put on hope whether in our physical bodies our emotions, our mind, our soul, whether in our family relationships, whether in our work relationships, whether at school, whether in sports whether regardless of where it is where we have been hopeless we choose hope we choose to look at your faithfulness even though the enemy wants to distract me with areas in which I'm disappointed, I choose to look at your faithfulness. Breathe in this brand new mercy for today, family. Breathe in this brand new mercy. Reaffirm your faith in this faithful God in Jesus name